Hello everyone and welcome to Ghost Turd Stories. I'm your host, Troy Gent. Ghost Turd Stories' mission is using humorous stories from veterans and first responders to reduce the burden of families whose veteran or first responder committed suicide. Ghost Turd Stories' vision is to use humor from veteran and first responder stories to prevent suicide within our ranks and reduce the burden of families whose veteran or first responder committed suicide. We hoped to attract veterans and first responders as well as those interested in knowing more about what it's like to be in our shoes while we wear or wore those shoes. All right, welcome everybody. This is Troy Jant, your host and the creator of Ghost Church Stories. Uh, today I've got a very special guest. He's a firefighter in Las Vegas. His name is Brandon. Welcome, Brandon. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Troy? Fantastic. Thanks, Thanks for letting me be here. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for coming on. So what's the dumbest thing you ever saw anyone else do in the fire department? The first thing as I thought about this, one of the dumbest things, not didn't particularly, it wasn't anybody on the fire department. It was an actual patient that we ran on, a gentleman, a kid that was like probably 22, 23. And we had ran on his family. The, their family home had burned down. Okay. Probably six months prior to this. We get a call for somebody. The PR had called and said there's a female screaming in this car in the parking lot. And it's in Las Vegas. It's hot. Uh, it's like 10 o'clock in the morning. It's already 100 degrees. So we're thinking, oh, man, this is pretty, this could be pretty serious. Anytime you have somebody locked in a car down there, it's, you're always concerned. So we show up, and it's a, like a low-rider car, all tinted out windows and everything. And the handles, it had no handles, no ways to get in from the outside. Because one, he had a little alarm or something that opened up. Well, as <laughs> my partner was walking ahead of me, and uh, he's, he's going to go look in, and the, the windows were so dark, you couldn't see. And I remember just as he went to peek in, I was like, I seen movement in the shadow through the window. Or a shadow, yeah, a shadow of movement through the window, and I was like, "Hey!" Before I could say it, and the girl just like a crazed cat jumped on the window. Hey, help me! You know, and he he jumped back. And anyways, <laughs> come to find out, this guy that owned the car, that was his girlfriend supposedly, and he had they'd been out partying, and he'd left her drunk in the car. Pass, I don't know, whatever. And she passed out in the car, almost killed her. You know, and we had to find him and. Luckily, we so had, did you did you startle her away? No, she or? was in there. She was yelling for the so the person that called nine one one. She she had the girl in the car had brought that to attention that she was stuck in the car. Oh, to the PR. Okay. So the the person who called us, she was already awake and freaking out. But she was stuck in the car. Yeah, she couldn't get out because there was no handles you know, from the inside. Yeah, from okay. the inside around. <laughs> you know what? There was it was. I can't remember now. Anyways, she couldn't. I don't think there was handles from the inside of the car or outside. Okay. And so he had all the mold. But he accidentally locked her in there and almost killed his girlfriend. My poor girl that he was dating or yeah. whatever. But uh, it was just kind of fun. I was like, man, you are. It's, it just <laughs> you going to find out where he went or where he went? Yeah, we actually, it. he was staying because uh, it was an apartment complex. And his mom and dad from the, fam, uh, from the fire had moved into this apartment complex while their house was remodeled. And he just went in with them. And uh, he'd been living with them the whole time, you know, and the house was on fire. And that's how we recognized him. When he came out, I was like, oh, I told my buddy, I was like, you know who this guy is? This is that guy. 
<laughs> down, we just put his house out. His mom, his mom and dad had a house out down the road. And I was like, oh, yeah. He was kind of a tweaker-looking guy. Why, first of all, would you have a car that you couldn't get in and out of? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then second of all, be so bruised or wasted. Was it, was it a pretty janky car? No, it was he, It was done up. Like, it, was pretty was, nice. yeah, it had nice rims and like a lowrider. Nice, yeah, yeah. It was like a Monte Carlo, a two-door. You okay. know, just something. But it had a nice paint job. Tinted, blacked out windows. You could barely see in the windows just enough for my buddy that my partner to get scared when she yeah but that was it so you're in situations like that it's blacked out and stuff <clears throat> usually have a police officer on the scene first kind of thing so someone has a firearm or what's yeah the... in this situation metro was coming and we were just more concerned of getting Cause of the heat yeah because yeah. the heat okay. so we were just getting making sure that uh she was going to get out that we could get her out and uh metro showed up right after and actually question him pretty thoroughly but usually if it's a uh anything that's suspicious like that we'll wait and hold short for metro or the police department yeah and let them come and clear it because we don't have the guns or the vests mm -hmm. there's been close calls where we've walked up to people they're slumped over in the wheel on the light yeah and you can wake them up and they you know they stomp on the gas almost run you over or yeah there'll be a weapon down to in between the seats or something so we, I mean, it's, you just kind of have to go, you know, just kind of assess the situation and the scene as you show up. Sure. And if it's sketchy and if that, if that little uh, butterfly in your gut's going off, you, you just back off. back off and yeah. say, this ain't right, we'll wait for Metro. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Some people are weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, did you ever see anyone throw up? Mess their pants while running in formation or during a fitness <laughs> test? Uh, no, I never. Uh, we, we Actually, in rookie school, we, we would run, do a lot of uh, physical PT. And we would, uh, we'd have to uh, do the Paris Tower, the Eiffel Tower in, in front of the Paris. It's a stairwell. And it's literally like a, I don't know, it's just a stairwell spiral. But it's tight. It's really because it's not an actual, it's a, it's a smaller replica of the. Eiffel Tower. Yeah. And, uh, oh, so the, the actual, the one that's in Vegas. Yeah. The yeah one so in you got to go and train on yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, so okay. we'd go and do PT in the mornings a couple times. And we had our little bio bags for vomiting and, uh, quiet. Cause you're just a standard issue. Yeah. Kind of thing? yeah. <laughs> they would, you had them in your side of your turnout pants. And if you got sick, you just pull it out and threw up. So you didn't okay, throw yeah. it on anything. So, <laughs> but that, because of the stairwell, it was so tight. And it just continually spun up like a big spiral stairwell. People you got, get dizzy. Yeah, you yeah. got dizzy and you would get sick. And so I've <laughs> seen quite a few of our class, classmates throw up while we did that. Uh, I have a funny story that's not really well in training, but on a fire scene. Uh, <laughs> so I'll tell you, there's two stories. There's two parts to it, and there's a reason why. So the first story was, it's quite often as you go on fire scenes, you get a call and you leave the station. You don't have time to use the restroom. You always have to pee or perhaps to go to the bathroom. Or, and uh, so one day we get a fire call. We jump in the engine and we roll out to this fire. It was an apartment, uh, apartment that had caught on fire. We get there and put the fire out. And everybody's kind of winding down. And they're releasing crews to go back into service. And since we were first on scene, we sat there with the investigators and we kind of do the overhaul, kind of pick through things, make sure the hotspots are out and make sure everything's okay. 
the investigators are there. We help shovel through debris or whatever they might need to mm-hmm. be moved. So we're sitting there, and I'm, I look at my captain. I'm like, Cap, I've got to go to the bathroom. i got to take a deuce. And he's like, well, go. And I'm like, uh, and the investigators are around, you know, and this, and I'm like, he's like, just go there in the, in the actual occupant's bathroom. It had been un, unscathed from the fire, but it was still smoke damaged and everything. So I was like, okay. I mean, it was to the point where I had to. So I go. And, this is the house. Yeah, this yeah. is the apartment. And uh, so we go, and it was, it's pretty, it's, I wouldn't say it's common, but I've known quite a few firefighters or people that have had that situation do the same thing. And so way I went used the restroom and I went to flush and the water turned off because we turned the water off. <laughs> so the poor occupants got, <laughs> you got present. A present. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it was, I felt bad. So we left. So with that story going, so this fast forward 10, probably eight years now, just a couple of years ago, I was on a fire scene where we have a air resource, a mobile air unit that is takes care of the bottles and like rehab stuff, carries water, all that stuff on the fire. And it's at my station and uh, it gets called out of this fire. I'm on the, this mobile resource. It also has a portal, uh, uh, like an RV bathroom on it. And we usually keep it locked because we have to clean it. And knowing firefighters and the jokes they like to play, you just know some some knucklehead's gonna go in there and blow it up and leave it for us to clean. <laughs> and so we, and let, I always tell people, unless I see brown in your eyes, then you know what I mean. You're full up. You're yeah. not using it. Go go find somewhere else. Go find use the occupancy's bathroom. Or, you know, there's always somewhere. Yeah. Well, we're we're on this fire and it's a big working fire and uh, this rookie come <laughs> comes up to me about halfway and he's like, "Sir, can I is can I use the." Uh, restroom on the mobile air and i said no it's broke <laughs> i said no it's broke thinking go find somewhere else you know what i mean like hey there's other avenues you can go rook figure this out and so he goes oh and you could tell he was in distress uh but i was like i'm not gonna do that you know and so anyways i just let it be the fire winds down this is probably 20 minutes later fire runs runs that uh run uh kind of chills out and uh so I get released and I, I get give everybody their bottles and everything they need and command at that time. says, okay, you go, I go talk to him face-to-face. Hey, we're, everything's done, caught up. Okay, you go ahead and leave. I said, all right. I walk back to their resource to jump in. And just as I'm pulling out of the parking lot, command comes back. says, hey, do you want to stop right there for a second? Sure. I stop, and it's this guy, the captain that I know pretty well. And he looks at me and goes, I know that, re- that restroom's not broken. Let this guy use the restroom. <laughs> And this poor little rookie had, like, tears in his eyes, man, and just almost, you know. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry, sir. And so, anyways, the funny – he goes in, and we let him use it. And, and uh, it was just a chuckle. And from – so, <laughs> following up after that, this rookie – because they, as a rookie, they don't have uh, – on our department, they don't have any, uh, like, bidding spots. They roll around from station, kind of fill the voids okay. until they have enough seniority to bid something. Okay. So he gets bounced in and roped into our station like two, three weeks later. And I recognize him. I'm like, hey, uh, you're the bathroom boy, huh? And he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, I was like, man. He's like, thanks so much, man. And he's like, I, I, I was like, you, I thought you were going to crap your pants. And he's like, 
Tell you the truth, sir, I did a little bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I felt a little bad about that, but he did have a little accident. He said he had to go home and change his <laughs> But I, at the same time, I'm like, hey, man, I told him back in the day, we'd just go use the bathroom or go crap in the corner on the yeah, fire, yeah. wherever, because you just didn't have that opportunity. But it was funny. And the funny thing is, is he got a nickname from that. He grew his mullet out. He was growing his mullet. Okay. Because it's a trend now, I guess. Yeah. So we called him, <laughs> we called him Mudflap from that point on. <laughs> that's his name, nickname today, Mudflap. Yeah, they have a lot, a lot of nicknames in, in the fire department. Yeah, they yeah. do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Quarters, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's very similar, I think, as far as camaraderie and a lot of ex-military guys that I work with always comment yeah. and see how, yeah, so it's a good time. Things are better. It does. It's, yeah. That's the best part of the job, is sure. camaraderie and relationships and bantering. Mm-hmm. It's good times. So, do you find your your you've been in the fire department a long time now? So, do you find is there less of that now, or is it the same, or uh, is there issues going on with like uh, you know political correctness and that kind of thing? Yeah, I, it has changed a little bit from the time that I've gone on. I've uh, been almost on twenty years in life, but. Mm-hmm. It's definitely changed. And even before I was, when I first got on, I remember guys saying, it's changed now. Like yeah. the, mm-hmm. the uh, hazing and all that that went on prior to me was out of control mm-hmm. uh, as it was everywhere else. But uh, so it's changing and it's an evolution. It definitely has changed now. And it is a lot more politically correct. You have to watch your tongue. Definitely watch your yeah. audience. Definitely. Uh, seems like It seems like there used to be, used to be, way out of control like the hazing and just mm-hmm. whatever you want whatever you want flies yeah and then it's gotten to a point where it's just it's outrageously uh outrageously um, s- strict and so there's no like it should have stopped in the middle maybe yeah. somewhere there's no middle ground yeah it I just mean, kept going and now it's just it's out of control the yeah. other, other way yeah. well and that's the thing too is we're noticing a lot we we have a our department's quite large. We have a high turnover because of the retirement. And every, you know, so mm-hmm. we've had over the last uh, couple of years, we've had a very a lot of promotions to captains, and so we have a lot of these new captains that are. And I can't blame them because they hold, they take it falls on their head if something goes wrong, and so sure. they act. You know, they really are like, "Hey, you got to tighten your lip and watch what you say," and they're really cautious, which I don't blame them. But sure. it's because of that. It, it, that's that's what's changed a little bit. Whereas yeah. before, before it was lax a little bit, and, uh, and before, before, you know. So, but it's still good. It like my crew we have now. We have a good crew, and the banter goes on. And you just have to know where your limits are, and where everybody's limits are. And, sure. And uh, uh, we just have a good time. Yeah, so it's good. good. So you can. It, it's still there. I think you just have. If you have a call, as an overtime person back, you just have to to know your audience yeah, and make sure. sure and it's good you know you, you can't just run your mouth and be an idiot yeah like sometimes I am but <laughs> it is what it is. you know your audience you're alright right? yeah right yeah. yeah so it's good well uh, I know you said you had some other stories you wanted to share with us so I'll just let you uh, share those and... yeah you bet uh, <laughs> I've just got some funny stories to tell really uh, you always say we always say that fire department, I can't tell you how many calls we'd, we'd come back in the engine or the rescue. Like, man, 
if we could make a movie of the things we see, people would never think it's real. It's like fictitious. Yeah. So I uh, I don't like reading novels and fiction because real life mm-hmm. is so outrageously funny and dramatic mm-hmm. that I don't understand why you would need novels. <laughs> right. I just, <laughs> you're like, I get enough just from real stuff. So. Yeah, that's why I love people watching. Yeah. People watching is just entertaining than reading <laughs> yeah. a book. My, I love going to the airport waiting for my flight and just sit there and watching people. It's, <laughs> it's the best thing in the world. But totally, you know, why would you need that when life is so colorful? Uh-huh. People around you, yeah. so it's, it's awesome. But the first, one of the, <laughs> the stories that I had that I was going to share with you today was, uh, we had a, it was a psychiatric home. This a uh, lady who was, she's probably 50 or 60. She was off her meds, uh, like, like really crazy. That's the easiest way. I mean, just off her head, just mm-hmm. out of her head. Metro was on scene. They get there, uh, the police, they get there and they say it's code four for us to go in. We go in there. I mean, the very first thing, and we're with the crew. I was with this crew. Probably the the most tightest crew I've been with. Like over that, we were almost five years together. We're mm-hmm. in a really busy house, uh, just too super tight. Like I look forward to coming to work every day with those guys. They were my, and I still do. But they, it was it was a different. It, it was one of those precious crews. Yeah. And uh, well, first thing we walk in the door, the lady has she loved cats. Obviously, she took and she had taken and bought. Uh, I don't know how many cat uh, calendars and taking the pictures of the cat, not the date, you know, how they have pictures and wallpapered her entire cat pictures. And so instantly my partner at the time, we come in and Metro's trying to get her stuff to go to. So, cause she's going down to the hospital and Metro's like, okay, we got to hurry now. And so my partner goes, okay, let's go right now. And started saying meow. So it caught on. So everybody started saying meow. Let's go meow, 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 meow. Right? And Metro's laughing. We're giggling. And uh, just funny, just funny stuff. So we finally get her in the car or get her on the gurney and get her back into the ambulance. And as we're loading her into the ambulance, <laughs> my uh, the, my partner that was uh, at the time, it, he was always, people thought he looked like Ryan Gosling, I guess. Who is off of the notebook? The guy off. Oh of the yeah, okay. yeah. So I just learned that from him. I didn't have the notebook. But anyway, yeah. so as we're loading her in, he she reaches out and grabs his hand, like the most sincere. Like she had instantly fell in love with him as she, <laughs> her eyes hit his, and he and he's such a good good time. He played along right along with. He, she just looked at him and she grabbed his hand. And she goes, "I love you. Will you marry me? Marry me. I love you." And he goes. <laughs> he said. Thank you. I love you too. And as she's going in, he, and as they're loading the gurney away, their hands are like slowly slipping away. Yeah. And he goes, wait, don't go. And it was the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. And she's like, wait, it was like a perfect love story right there in the back of the ambulance, but it was in a mockery sense, but it was funny. It was a good time. That was one of the funny stories. That, yeah, lady, that was a good time, but yeah, we had a lot of good, we had with that crew and, and, and our crew now that I have, we just had a lot of good time. It's the best way to get through the day and some of the stressful yeah. stuff. So it's good times. Good times. Uh, another story I had was <laughs> with this same Ryan Gosling guy that, as my partner. What was his nickname? Uh, 
didn't have one actually. Yeah, yeah. So they didn't call him Ryan or anything. No, no, okay. they didn't give him any. I'm trying to think. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, he didn't have one. He was he was a character. He is a character. Still is and just a good guy. But we were on the rescue one day, which is the ambulance and for the fire department. And uh, I was I was driving, and he was in the park. Uh, passenger seat we get this call for a uh, psychiatric problem going on guy walking in and out of street naked so we hold short we get to the it was at this service station that was a block away on a busy uh, main street so we hold short about a block away down the street and i still have we still have visual of this service station where the guy was stated he was at so we're sitting there and we see Metro driving around and they go in the parking lot and drive back. And we pulled in, we had pulled into this little strip mall parking lot. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, <laughs> from our right, out of the, like this little, I don't know where it came from, was the actual patient, butt naked. And we're like, <laughs> oh, here he is. And he's going crazy. And he sees us because we're right there. And he's like, oh, help me. Ah! And he's going crazy. <laughs> he's butt naked. So we lock the door and we, me and, uh, <laughs> my partner were just chuckling well he gets <laughs> he gets going and he jumps on top of the hood of the rescue and they're not like an ambulance it's like a uh it's on a different like a chassis it's on a bigger heavier smaller chassis. than a full-size fire truck yeah yeah okay. but it's not quite a small ambulance so it okay. took some uh, some agility to climb up to it yeah and he's like a spider monkey on my windshield <laughs> And he's like, help me. And we are giggling. And so I turn on the windshield wipers trying to get him off. And that, my partner starts laughing and he's chuckling. And we're, I'm just going, dude, nobody would ever believe that this happened. Finally, we, we get on the radio and let dispatch know that, hey, will you let Metro know the patient's down here with us on our windshield naked? And uh, it was pretty funny. But that was another funny story that we just uh, just all the time those type of things come up and you're like, as you're driving back to the station, they're like, there's no way people would ever yeah. believe that this happened. You know, so. Just a few months ago, uh, my wife and two daughters went to California to my wife's grandmother's funeral. And they went to the airport. The flight got delayed, so they they got back in the car and started driving around Vegas a little bit. Mm -hmm. And there was a, he must have been 350, 400 pounds butt naked guy and metro had him metro had him up against the up against the cop car with his crotch into the grill so that no one could see his crotch yeah, yeah. i i couldn't believe he was that big and he had no butt like the, oh. his butt was so small i couldn't I, because they took a picture oh wow. and they, they said check this out <laughs> i'm like how does he not have a butt yeah that's weird but anyway it's funny stuff <laughs> you see you see stuff like that all the time. It's crazy. I've been using Isogenics since 2017. These products have made a world of difference in my quality of life, health, energy, muscle definition, strength, and endurance. My bread and butter products have been the daily essential multivitamins with Isogenesis, which is a telomere support supplement, the Isolane meal replacement shake, the Tri-Release protein shake, the collagen, the green drink, and the Cleanse for Life support system. However, Isogenics has many products and can cater to your unique lifestyle and goals. Click the link in the show notes or visit nmp.isogenics.com. That's nmp.isagenics.com. 
enix.com to find out more. Besides just using the products, there is an option to partner with me and the company to build your own business with no capital up front. You can do as little as pay for your products and as much as making a full-time income. I love these products and will use them the rest of my life. You can also message me if you have any questions. So I worked with my one of my best buddies that I've known forever. We, we, he was, it was when I was a firefighter and he was an engineer, so he was driving the rig. We were on the rescue together. We had a call to a lady that had had a, a GI bleed, which is, if you know what a GI, it, they're nasty. What's a GI bleed? So a GI bleed is like you're bleeding internally in your intestines and it builds up and then you excrete it out, this bloody coffee ground looking nasty okay. stinky you walk in them or any emergency room and the smell hits you and you know oh they got somebody that has a gi oh, it's one okay. of those you're like Oof, it's just nasty well this poor old lady she lived in this uh, assisted live not assisted like a a senior living home they kind of not totally assisted but they were there to take care of her and anyways so she was downstairs at eating breakfast with everybody and had went up and had to go to the bathroom Ended up having a, she passed out in the bathroom. One of the clean maintenance ladies uh, had found her, pulled her out. She'd woke up. Uh, as we get there, we're doing our assessment. My buddy's hooking her up to the monitor and everything. And the cleaning lady's like, hey, do you want to see? Because I was like, what color of blood? Because that's some sprite red. It just tells you where different areas of the bleed was and, mm-hmm. and so forth. So she goes, do you want to see it? I've got it. She'd cleaned it all up and had kept it in a, a little wastebasket. So I go around the corner, and as I step over this, we're in a hallway maybe four feet wide, so it's kind of tight, and it's about 10 feet long. Mm -hmm. And I step over the patient to go around the corner to look what color this (laughs) defecation was, or defecation was, or whatever. And so I, so, and my buddy, like, is kneeling down around her, so I gotta kind of step over him, go get the look at the bucket. And as I looked in the bucket, I caught the whiff and the visual. At the same time, and it was over. Oh man! It was like I started bullfrogging. You lost it. Yeah, I, I almost thought I was gonna. I mean, I thought I was gonna throw up. But you already seen it like, like years and years of crap. Yeah, but for so whatever like, it was, because it was, it was a visual and the smell yes, at the same time. At the but... same time, and it just it punched me in the face, yeah. and so I started bullfrogging, and I thought I was gonna throw up. So I, I heard started bullfrogging before. Oh, just you, gagging. Yeah, just okay. gagging, like. Okay. And. Uh, <laughs> So, so, that's, so I started cat backing or whatever you want yeah. to call it. And uh, I, I, I ended up running down the hallway back down towards the patient. And I jump over because the exit was down past them. I jump over my partner and out the door and never threw up. But I, my eyes were watering and gagging and gagging. And my partner was laughing. And uh, <laughs> it was just probably one of the most unprofessional times I've been. But it was bad. I thought I was going to throw up. I haven't ever thrown up on a patient yet. Yeah. It's been a couple of times. That was one close one. Yeah, it's the thing about military first responders mm-hmm. is you, you have people that haven't really been in those environments hear a story like that, mm-hmm. and they might think, "Well, why is his buddy laughing at him?" Yeah. But in the in those situations, that's just our humor. Yeah. It's just a it's an interesting, <laughs> different kind of a humor. Yes. So. Yeah. It's. Uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. It's. Pretty- we used to. Uh, 
when uh, someone, they call it a silver bullet. They use that in the fire department. Mm-hmm. So if someone, someone's hiking or we're on a run or something yeah. and, and someone, uh, for whatever reason, their electrolytes are low or they're not hydrated enough or whatever, and they fall out of a run, they got to check the temperature. The most accurate way to check the temperature is to stick a thermometer up their butt. Yeah, yeah. So they, they call it a silver bullet. <laughs> So we'd be on hikes, and people would be falling out, mm-hmm. and, and the and the doc would have the pants down. They'd be like, yeah, silver bullet, man. <laughs> making fun of them yeah. as they go. And the guy's like, like whoa, he doesn't even know where he's at or who he is anymore. You know, we're making fun yeah. of him. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, that, poor guys. But that's, that's the type of humor you deal with, right? No? I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> the silver bullet. I'm going to have to pass that on. That's a good one. Silver bullet. Yep. That's funny. The other, the, <laughs> have another story. But all my stories have to do with poop, what because we see it a lot. I guess. Yeah, it's... same complex, same nursing facility. Not a nursing. It's, it's like a senior living. Uh, but uh, I've got another story that just come up. Yeah, you say that's pretty. It's, it goes along with that. What's it about? It's about a, a gentleman and a dog that he walked. Okay, I'll remind you. Yeah, I just remind okay. me and. Uh, so say same complex, same area. We get in for a lady that's just sick, has flu-like symptoms. We go in, she knock on the door. She says, "I'm in. come in." The doors unlocked. We come in. She's sitting in the middle of her bed, and it's like a queen-size bed. Middle of her bed, sheets off. She's in her undie, underwear and the bra. And her underwear, I thought at first was a diaper, like a oh, like a you know an old person's diaper or okay. adult diaper, I should yeah. say. So I look. I'm like, okay, cool. And instantly the smell of diarrhea hit you in the face and you're like Oof. and my partner at the time was a true he's just he would uh, just he didn't care he i don't it, nothing phased him <laughs> so he walks around her bed and he's like okay man what's going on and he starts assessing her and she's telling him i have dire uncontrolled diarrhea i've been throwing up you know poor lady's sicker than the dog yeah and uh in the meantime as he's trying to assess i'm running back and forth to the kitchen sink because i'm thinking i'm gonna throw up okay right and i'm like Trying to gather myself, you know how you get that wet, the saliva build up in your mouth and your eyes start watering. You, yeah. you, I'm like, I'm going to throw and I'm So then I go back and start uh, dry heaving in the sink and my eyes are watering. I try to come back. Well, I get it all under control. And uh, my partner at the time like, oh, had done the whole assessment and we decided that she she obviously needed to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So we were prepping her to get ready to put, get, put her on the gurney and wait. And the ambulance was on scene they were just wheeling the gurney in about into the room and uh as so he's like well ma'am we're gonna have to cut your underwear because it was like chuck full i'm talking like a large dinner bowl like serving bowl full of it was humongous like it was so much in her diet like yeah, yeah it was disgusting and then uh so she has literally these granny panties full of diarrhea and my partner goes and cuts the that like cuts her panties because we got to clean her up to get her in the gurney. Yeah. Well, when he did that, it unleashed like a, a the dam had broke and it just wolfed out. And where she was sitting in the bed, it just sunk to her. And so she was sitting in this puddle. Is like, that because she was uncontrolled? So basically, the, yeah. that the diaper was holding her bowels. Yeah. Out. Well, the underwear it wasn't even a diaper. It was just her. The so, underwear was so tight on her. Okay. That when she cut it and where she had just defecated so much in her underwear yeah. and they released they cut it and it released it and it just like boof and just filled a probably 
three foot diameter where she sunk, sat down and sunk the yeah. full of diarrhea. Yeah. And that set triggered me. And I was over at the sink bullfrog and I thought I was going to throw up again. You didn't throw up though. No, I didn't. <laughs> <But> I <was laughs> like, and just trying not to. Well, as I come in, the ambulance, <laughs> the ambulance uh, lady comes in and looks right at me because the sink is right next to the door. She looks right at me and just started laughing. Goes, really? And just just shamed me for, for 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 what I was doing. And I was like, come on, man. I couldn't do it. For, so from that time on, that whole day, man, I got shamed about not being able to help myself. But it was it was pretty pretty comical. But that's 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 another story that is pretty funny. Just me, I mean that's just <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Oh so. my god. <laughs> Just funny stuff, just humor. <laughs> what about the guy, guy and the dog? <laughs> so this is like five years later, same place. Uh, where I'm at a different station, but this station had a truck, and the truck always goes, gets calls to elevator calls, and this facility had a uh, three stories on it, had an elevator for the elderly to go up and down. We couldn't do the stairs. Well. We get a call like it's probably like eleven thirty at night or so later, and uh, it said guy uh, elevator stuck at this complex. Guy stuck in the elevator. So we're like, oh, okay, cool. We get to the elevator and the first floor. There's <laughs> there's his a dog stuck at the top of the elevator, <laughs> hanging there, like just stuck there. through the whole thing. No, yeah, like on the outside of the elevator where the doors close at the very top of that. <laughs> The dog is stuck there, dead as dead. And we're like, what the crap? So we go up to the third floor where he, or second floor where he's at. We get, we open up the door and the guy was devastated. He had just got in from walking his dog and got on the elevator. Well, the elevator doors closed before the dog could get in. And as it closed, it went up and the dog went up with it and caught it and ripped it and hung the dog from the second floor. So the guy, we walk in, it's, it's terrible, but it's one of those things you're like, you would, what? that's something you like to happen, yeah. yeah. And he was literally hanging onto the leash still because it was on the, the second floor is the top of the, the yeah. bottom of the second floor is the top of the first floor, right? And the dog's just hanging there, and he still had the leash in his hand through the door, the inside door of the elevator. So down through. it stopped on the second floor? Yeah, it stopped. That's so where he was trying to get out. Okay. And it just stopped, and then because of it jammed or whatever, it hit a tri it tripped it, and yeah. that stuff wouldn't open up for him until we got there. So <laughs> this poor old guy was just crying, my dog! But we chuckled our butts off after that. Yeah. I mean, that was just... Yeah, you, you wouldn't see that on a cartoon, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, it was just... But that's one more story. That that's crazy. Like, I need to really write them all down. We always say that. We need to write these things down. Yeah. So we can book. Yeah, that's it. Man. Yeah. You got anything else to share with us? Uh, uh, that's about it for, I mean, as far as positive stuff. Okay. I mean, if, you, if you feel like sharing anything that's, uh, maybe you could, uh, someone could find value in, feel free. Uh, I just, I, because of our, and you know, I mean, being in the military and active duty. And, uh, I think in our generation, especially how we were growing up, we were the uh, masculinity was really pushed on us. Don't cry. Don't share yeah. your feelings. Don't do yeah. this. That's how I was brought up. And in our field, trade, you know, uh, we see a lot of stuff and you don't know and you don't realize how that affects you mentally. We, we just... 
bury it deep within us over the years, and eventually it creeps up and we wonder why we're acting out. We wonder why we come home and little things are tipping us over. Yeah. And uh, little things are just making it rough at home. And uh, you think, oh, I, this ain't normal. What's wrong with me? Why is, you know what I mean? I'm out of my, and uh, I just want to pass on that it's normal to feel like that. Yeah. And to, once you start feeling like that, like I have, it's taken me a long time. My wife finally like just said, hey, you need to go get some help. Yeah. And, uh, I went and seen somebody, talked to somebody, and he realized what, he let me realize what was going on. And it was just from the stuff we see, uh, the trauma that we, we have to deal with. Yeah. The loss of life or just people being brutal with each other or whatever. Sure. And so uh, it affects us. And that's how I on the, I've told a lot of funny stories, but on the serious note, that's, uh, I'm a big advocate for getting out and talking to people like, hey man, if you need help, go get it. Sure. If you're suffering, go get it. I had a guy, I had, I had three people within the last, well, this is over. So I, I actually went to a doctor, seen a doctor, and I actually got put on some medication, which has helped immensely. Mm-hmm. And I was big anti-medication guy, didn't want to, didn't, and I kept, even after, so the first time I went to the psychiatrist, he helped me realize, hey, you've got some issues. And I was working through it. And I told him I didn't want any medication. Well, this went on for about three, four, five more years, maybe. And then uh, I had three people that I worked with really close. Just out of the blue at work one day, they were roped in from overtime shifts or whatever. And one was my really good friend, and I didn't know. But they had, we just started talking, and we started talking about, they started talking to me about their life and some of the things that they were going through at that time. And, and I was like, man, that's just, I'm the same way. And just the little things that just tip us over or the quick fuse or the just introvert, just want to go be by mm-hmm. yourself. You don't want to do anything. Uh, come to find out these guys all said, Hey, I finally went and got some medication and it's helped me. I was like, hmm. and then a th- second guy, it's the same thing. Yeah. This is all like within a little bit of a couple of weeks of each other. And then my best buddy I ran into, and we were sitting there talking for a while. And same thing. I'd never know, known him for since we were 13. Never knew that he was on medication or he dealing with the same stuff. Yeah. And uh, I was like, well, maybe I need to be I did it. And I'm glad I did. I should have done it about 10 years earlier. Yeah. But just just talking to people and making checking on our brothers sisters and making sure they're doing okay and it's and letting everybody know if somebody does come to you that hey it's okay to open up a little bit and sure. to talk about it because if those three people probably hadn't opened up to me i probably would still be fighting with things and and, and uh, dealing with issues and making them a lot tougher but uh i mean it is what it is and so that's my message i guess if i wanted to leave with one thing tonight is that is uh hey man just open up being yeah. here, being here to listen for people, and then if you feel the same the same things, look for an ear that you can lean on. And so, because it does help, and, and it is normal to feel the way way we feel sometimes because of the things we see and do. Sure. So, yeah, I, I I think uh, the greatest lie that we can tell ourselves is that no one else is knows what it's like, or uh, I'm alone in this, and I found that the more I start talking about it the more i attract those people that need to talk about it or 
have gone through the same thing that are on the other end of it or something, right? There's always someone at the beginning, always someone in the middle, always someone at the end. So there's always someone that you can reach out to. You just have to start looking for it. So, yeah, I totally agree. And, and it's it's much needed for yeah. sure. So Yeah, it is. So just that's it. Appreciate you. Awesome. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah, appreciate Great it. Great to have you. Yeah, it's awesome. Thanks for the stuff, too. Yeah, you bet. Thank you for listening. Please tell your friends and family so that we can bring more joy and awareness to those struggling with suicide ideation and the families who desperately need help after the loss of someone they love to suicide.